My name is Chris Cherry, and I used to be a spy. My name is Brie Castellini, and I used to be a spy. And this is Burn Noticed, a bonus episode featuring special guests from the Watchathon of Rassilon and Burn Noticed Noticed, Joe and Tony Heath. Hi, I'm Joe Heath. I'm Tony Heath. And this is Burn Notice Noticed. Your favorite podcast about your other favorite podcast. And today we have special guests, Brie Castellini and Chris Cherry. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you. Did you hear that they said my name first, Chris? They did. Oh, yeah, of course. We know the hierarchy. Oh, it's alphabetical. Yeah, we've we've analyzed it thoroughly. Oh, it's definitely not alphabetical reasons, Chris. But it is also alphabetical. Just throwing that out there. I mean, that's also true. It's just like a separate fact that it, it does not factor into the decision to name me first as the most important person here. I I know, but like, just, you know, it's alphabetical. Well, favorite podcasters aside, Joe and Tony, thank you so much for having us on your podcast. Thanks so much for having us on your podcast. <laughs> Do you want to tell the good people at home who might not know what Burn Notice Noticed is, what Burn Notice Noticed is, and also who you two are. <laughs> no, the most beautiful thing in the world. I love how we had this introduction where, like, it's equally both shows, but you guys can only explain your show. Like, we can't explain our show to your listeners because you do that already. Yeah, they yeah, know. They're very informed. That's what our show is, is we, we tell you what happened in Burn Noticed. With a D. How did this happen? I think we were drunk and we thought it would be funny. That's a good excuse. Am I remembering correctly that it was Tony's idea originally? It was Tony's idea, which is weird because it's a very me idea. It is. Yeah. God, marriage really changes you. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember thinking it would be great to not say anything and just do it and have it like pop up like in a feed and be like, wait, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Which um, we couldn't do because I got too excited. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, yeah, no, I remember knowing about it. Did we tell you before we launched it or at, Well, yeah, I think we were worried, like, we didn't want to be, like, stepping on your toes. Yeah, Joe, I think I remember you, like, messaging me, like, hey, so we had this great idea, but if you think it's going to, like, step on your toes, and I was like, I don't care. If your podcast gets more popular, that's the best possible ending to this story. <laughs> Yeah, because oh, there was, like, a happen. moment where we were like, this would be hilarious. We should do it. And then we had, like, started to put together all this stuff. Like, And part of it, too, was just that, like, things were kind of shitty <laughs> with, mm. like, the other projects we were working on. And so this was, like, a great distraction. And I, like, threw myself way too enthusiastically into it. And I, like, started putting it together. And I think Joe was like, oh, what if this is weird? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is weird. Right. What if it's weird and not received well? (laughs) But we had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, We did stop doing it because we were like, shit, this is weekly. And you guys couldn't really like bank episodes, not if you wanted to release them the same week. So like, so we, Burn Noticed, we, we record two episodes at a time and sometimes are up to like a month ahead of like what's in you know active feeds. But y'all had like a three day turnaround every single week. Which is very impressive. Which I think super shows. <laughs> They're a lot more off the cuff, <laughs> those episodes. We could have given them ahead advanced episodes. But that feels like it would be even more work for them <laughs> in some ways. Because I think what I always loved about Burn Notice Noticed is how just casual it was and how much you did not give a fuck. <laughs> like there were there were certain structure elements, but it was also just like every episode Tony was kind of like, 
I kind of wish we weren't doing this, but this is what's happening this week. <laughs> it was twice as much work for me because I also had to watch the Burn Notice episodes. So. And edit them. Oh, and edit them. Yeah, you had to edit Burn Notice, the show. Oh, it's Joe's fault. Yes, I edited Burn Notice, the show. I was like, you know what would be great? If, like, we did uh, unnecessary split screens constantly. <laughs> so, I was the guy who really that pushed was Joe's that call. motif. You were like, I want to see two characters at the same time. Also, as many asses as possible. Just squeeze them in there. So many asses. So many asses. Uh, anyone who hasn't listened to the first season of Burn Notice Notice should know for this bonus episode is that tony one of the co-hosts of burn notice notice refuses to watch burn notice the television show so of the four of us on this podcast one of us has hosted a burn notice podcast but has never seen it but that was really for you know the sake of the podcast it because was... we are not a burn notice podcast right i was we afraid... are a burn noticed podcast i was afraid that if i watched the tv show we would end up spending too much time talking about the tv show so i was like i'm going to just listen to the podcast so I can only talk about it. You were afraid you would have to watch another TV show. Yeah, I really was, for sure. Well, I was going to say, Tony, it sounds like what you're saying is that you would have loved to watch Burn Notice, the television show, the masterpiece, the USA television masterpiece. But sure, for the, sure. integri- the integrity of Burn Notice Noticed was too important to you to give in to your base instincts of wanting to watch Burn Notice. That's what you're saying? That was the, the sacrifice that I made for my art. And really to elevate your art as well. <laughs> it's true. It's true. She couldn't and won't and never will. And I still won't. Burn Notice Notice is the chaser to our vodka shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give a real quick sum up of how it worked. Uh, there was an episode of Burn Notice that aired many years ago. Yes. <laughs> like a solid decade ago. Bree and Chris would watch that episode and then record a podcast about it. We would listen to that podcast and, and Tony would try to... To figure out what the plot of the original Burn Notice episode was, just from Bree and Chris talking about it, and I, having already had seen the episode as well, would rank whether or not she got it and whether or not Bree and Chris adequately described whether it. Whether or not, but like, if also, I didn't get it, sometimes... I was not good at that. Yeah, sometimes if I didn't understand the plot of an episode, it's just because I have ADHD and I'm a bad listener. Joe was the person who was like, no, this is on you this time. Or they sometimes I'd be like, oh, I don't remember if they explained it or not. Sometimes you would also forget what happened in Burn Notice. Sometimes I knew better what happened in it than you did. Yeah. And that's what really frustrated me. It's like you're getting a grade and your uh-huh. teacher's like, I can't remember your project. I don't I don't know. Like you're doing a book report on a book and the teacher's like, I've never read that book before. I've actually definitely done that as a teacher. Like the student will ask me a question about their own assignment. And I'm like, what did I say the first time? Who cares? Do whatever you want. My whole approach to this podcast is to be as uh, uninvolved as possible. <laughs> Like, I don't know. I just, because I'm doing so much else. I'm editing it. I'm watching the episodes. Like, I can't be bothered to, like, think about it. Do a good job. Yeah. It is kind of the dentist office lollipop of television shows. You might enjoy it while it's happening, but you're not going to remember it. What else do you do in your show just to give the people an overview? So like, so Tony tries to recap the episode having only listened to our podcast. You rank her on it and do a bad job sometimes. Then what happens? Then we talk about 
the top podcast moments. We pick out our favorite things that we liked. The things that you guys did that we liked. Because at the end of the recap, I declare all talking of Burn Notice, the TV show, over. Right. And we are not allowed to talk about it anymore. We may only talk about the podcast. Um, Yeah, you do. (laughs) There's often a section of the podcast that is not codified into rules, but it will be where Joe lists various character actors that were on the episode and other things (laughs) that they have been in. And Tony says, neat. (laughs) That's one of my favorite episodes of any podcast, actually. That's not just the podcast. That's our life. No, the, when I figured that out in that episode, in like in you can listen to me figure it out in real time of like, when you say these things, I don't know how to respond. So I just start saying neat and I haven't stopped because it perfectly conveys what I needed to convey, which is thank neat. you for this information, I guess. <laughs> and you're welcome. I will say that is the closest thing in both our podcasts to art. <laughs> it's just neat. Neat as a response. Have we mentioned that Joe and Tony are married and that Chris and I aren't, but should be? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we shouldn't be. We should be for the content. We shouldn't be for our own actual, like, well-being. Are you saying you should be married to each other or married to us? Ooh, that's a great question, Joe. Chris, I'll let you take this. Like a four-way thruple? A thruple? (laughs) A four-way thruple? A thruple. That's... (laughs) That's meaningless. It is. The thrum means three, Chris. I realized that as I was saying it. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have thrown it to you. I regret it. Actually, I want a divorce. We'll be a thruple now because we've kicked Chris out. <laughs> if Bree and I were married, it would be like Marriage Story with me as Scarlett Johansson. I haven't seen Marriage Story, me so. Me either. Me either. <laughs> hey, Chris. Meet. okay cool so then what happens after uh tony doesn't care about your facts and character actor knowledge joe well again we talk about your dynamic a bit um we also answer any questions that you guys pose in the podcast itself can i just say and tony talks about cell phones for way too fucking long (laughs) that is my favorite segment of the podcast because i'm always like guess what i thoroughly researched something obscure for no good reason Please let me talk about it. And no one can stop me, because it's a podcast. It's Tony's Phone Corner. Ha! I understood that reference. That joke was for Chris Cherry. <laughs> um, and then I we, know so uh, much about cell phones now. And then we rate the episode based on an ever-changing set of criteria that yeah, we, we never settled on. We never really agreed on what makes a good episode of a podcast, what makes a good episode of Burn Noticed, and uh, yeah. that's it, really. The third option is just an episode of a podcast, which is an indisputable fact. <laughs> what I do think is interesting about your guys' criteria is I think you were both coming at it with fundamentally different definitions of podcasts and what they do because you listen to very different podcasts. Yes. Yes. And so we could never agree. There were times where we rated something like where like it didn't make like a great episode and i was like well that doesn't make sense i think in our last one we ended up saying it was like a bad episode of burn notice but a great episode of a podcast that's good yeah just for fun just because uh we realized how thoroughly broken our ranking system was anyway so and then we would uh rank it give it a rating of yogurts yeah how many yogurts which was just based purely on my emotions that day 
That was the best rating system. Yeah, it was a very good rating system. I think one of my favorite moments in Burn Notice Noticed during the ranking portion was the time where you guys had a very long discussion over what constitutes as laughter. Because for a while, one of your criterion was like, did you la- did it make you laugh out loud, I think? Either cry or laugh out loud, like some kind of audible reaction. Well, there was both. Yeah, and you guys had a very long conversation about like, if Joe laughs in his head, but if he was alone, he would have laughed out loud. Does that count? And like the ensuing like 20 minute discussion of that is one of my favorite things I've ever listened to. It was so fucking funny. It's because I listen to the podcast at work and I don't want to be the weirdo who laughs alone in his cubicle. Apparently, I don't share that fear. I know. I hear you all the way down the hallway. I'm like, who's that weirdo? Uh, From Tony's point of view, the laughter has to be so uncontrollable that it escapes from you. Right. (laughs) That if you can control it, is it really funny? And Joe's like, it doesn't matter how funny it is. If other people can hear me, I will never laugh out loud, which is insane to me. My social anxiety just kicks in. No, I'm with Joe on this. Like, I I am in constant control all of the time, and that does not lessen my enjoyment of one thing or another, but I am always in control of how that externalizes. Are you sure? Oh, yeah. I, I can choose to enjoy something out loud or in my head, but it will be the same emotion to me. It will just appear differently because I'm low-key a sociopath. It's not that low-key. <laughs> I, I, I fed that to you. I wonder if having that amount of control over myself stems from the fact that I used to wet the bed. <laughs> and I, I don't want to lose control again. You, you know? Piss all over everything? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't want to lose control again. I like how you're saying it like you're the Hulk, but you're just wetting the bed. <laughs> That's my secret. I'm always wetting the bed. I'm always peeing just a little bit. I don't know what to do with that. I think it's, I mean, that's also what the podcast is for, is for sort of peeling back the layers and and exploring ourselves and our truths. So, Tony, you share a bed with this man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, used to be a bedwetter, like when I was a kid, not lately. I mean, I can confirm, I guess. (laughs) Thank you. Here's that $20. (laughs) You brought this up and did this. I don't understand why. Because I thought it'd be funny. Yeah, it was that's funny. your motivation most times. Yeah, I, I got a good chuckle out of it. And I allowed myself to externally uh, showcase <laughs> that. Let the record show. I have so little control over that, that like, if I am thinking, like, you know how you have imaginary conversations in your head sometimes? Hmm. I am frequently uh, mouthing along with them like you a crazy are, person. You're not mouthing. You're straight up saying them sometimes. Oh, Lord. Sometimes I say them out loud too, Tony. I say them out loud a lot. I'll be in another room. I'll be like cooking and I'll just hear her talking and I'll be like, what? And she's like, oh, I'm not talking to you. It happens every day. No, sometimes it is dead silent and you will be like, what? And I'm like concerned. No, that's you. It's Yeah, you should be concerned because you're talking I'm without not, realizing it. I'm not talking. It's dead silent. I'll be like reading a book and it'll be dead silent in the whole house. And you'll be like, what? <laughs> what did you say? And I'm like in another room and I'm like, what? <laughs> and we're just shouting what at each other from different rooms. And you're like, you said something. And I'm like, mm. yeah, I said what? Because <laughs> I don't know what, you're, what you just said. Nice cover. It's not. I do find it very difficult sometimes to think like clearly in words in my head oh you're that tumblr post i am no that made me really mad and i don't want to okay 
<laughs> Wait, which Tumblr post was that? I discuss it. The one about people who some t- who think in like images and like visuals, oh, yes. and some people who think in like words. I feel like I don't think in either, and I don't know what to do with that. You think in pure purely concepts. You are conce- just conceptual thinker, right? Yes. Mm, see, I was going to go the opposite direction and say that Chris Cherry is an empty-headed thought. T H O T. Just in case anyone was confused. No, I got it. That's my new Twitter bio. Uh, I think in both words and pictures and uh, mostly just dongs. What about you, Tony? Uh, same, the dongs thing. Okay. Bree? <laughs> I think mostly in, like, Georgia O'Keeffe, um, like, representations of vaginas. Nice. That seems redundant. Like, it should be something other than vaginas that look like vaginas. Well, I mean, like, everyone is a Georgia O'Keeffe flower oh, vagina. No, so, you. like, okay. when I imagine you, Tony, you are a, like, purple flower vagina. Nice. And when I think of Joe, he is, like, a blue-green flower vagina. And when I think of Chris Cherry, it's Chris Cherry with a flower <laughs> vagina. So, you're like, you're like a very hungry cartoon character. <laughs> what? Who sees... Who sees his friend as a nice, juicy steak. Yes, exactly. Except for it's a nice, juicy flower vagina. I I can respect that. Yeah, they're all like flicked with dew. Really (laughs) sexual. (laughs) Man, like them weeds, huh? (laughs) Hey, speaking of getting into the weeds and the flower vaginas, uh, Joe, do you want to, since you are the the only person uh, from Burn Notice Noticed who has both watched season two of Burn Notice, the television show, and listened to season two of the podcast that we do, would you like to attempt to recap them now in whichever order your little heart desires? Sure, because here's the thing. Tony, we haven't said this, but Tony has <clears throat> not listened to season two of Burn Noticed. Well, here's the thing. Because she has here's a Here's the reason why. I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow Tony. The truth comes out. <laughs> Do you know how many times they mention you in the podcast? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> we mentioned you by name multiple times. By name and rarely me. Yeah. Rarely well, me. Here's the other thing, too. Um, it's it's like, you know how Breeze at the top of the rank? It's you on this podcast. Some, sometimes. I at, sometimes when I'm at work, I am doing like boring stuff and I can listen to podcasts and sometimes I am editing and I can't edit and listen to podcasts at the same time when I edit and I've been in edit mode for a long time, um, which is part of the reason why we stopped doing our podcast because I was like, I can't keep up with this. Nice cover. <laughs> <laughs> so that is definitely part of it. I've been meaning to... It's one of those things, too, where you're like, ah, I should listen to that. And then, like, in like when you don't do it in, like, four weeks, you're like, now there's too many. So I'm going to tell you what happened. So right, that's you know what... what you're uh, okay, so Burn Notice, season two, and Burn Noticed, season two. Okay, so Michael Weston, he is a spy. Mm-hmm. No, sorry, used to be a spy. I'm already fucking this up, you guys. Real good, um, real great. smooth. No, you're doing great, Joe. This is exactly it. Uh, there's a woman who's doing making him do stuff. Her name's Carla. Is she I, sexy? I don't remember. She's no. She's played by uh, the lady from Battlestar Galactica, Trisha Helfer. Neat. <laughs> uh, I've not seen Battlestar Galactica, but she is she the Cylon woman? Yeah, you would like Battlestar Galactica. I feel like I saw the min the the like the first like was it like miniseries or yeah? I don't remember. There's like a short thing. I saw that and I really liked it. And my dad was like. The Cylons aren't robots. I'm not watching this. <laughs> so I didn't watch anymore. 
because he's like they're Cylons because they got one eye. That's why so they call them. If toast you don't have that, then why are they Cylons? We can't watch this show. Um, You've never mentioned how your dad is Barney. Uh, <laughs> he's Barney. Um, you know, a lot of people compared him to Rick Moranis. So this recap is going great. Wait, so you're far. talking about I a different Barney. So you're talking about the much. dinosaur. I'm thinking of the Flintstones character. Sorry. I know so much about what happened in season two of Burn Notice. I was just going to ask, did Rick Moretta's play the purple dinosaur Barney? No, he played Barney Rubble. In the film, obviously, not in like the- This is the quality that you get on Burn Notice noticed. <laughs> oh shit, he's coming out of retirement for uh, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot. I'm excited. Okay. God, there's going to be so much scale stuff in that. I can't wait. Oh yeah, okay. that's another thing about Tony. Uh, she loves things that are uh, out of scale. Uh, small things, big things, doesn't matter. Okay, so, Michael- A really small thing, next to, like, a really big version of the same thing, actually. Like, that's what's great. Yeah, that is pretty good. Okay. Okay, so, Michael Weston is a- used to be a spy, now he's being controlled by this woman named Carla. She's got shit on him or something. I don't- We don't don't know if she's sexy. I mean, she's this main Cylon from Battlestar Galactica, so- you judge. She's making him do stuff with crossword puzzles. That's how she gets the the, the missions to him or whatever. Is it um, bad stuff? Like, is it shady? Yeah. Okay. Sometimes. And he's like, I don't want to do that because it's well, shady. She only and I'm gives a good him, guy. She only gives him pieces of it, and he's trying to figure out what she's trying to do. So he's, like, getting a, a, a fucking ID badge. He's getting this, getting that. And eventually he finds it out. I don't remember. It was like a sniper thing, right? Keep going. Yeah, we can't help you, Joe. This is all on you. <laughs> oh, right. So, yeah, like, there's also this guy named Victor who's a sniper. He's played by... Is this uh, separate from the crossword puzzle lady? No, he's part of it. He's part of it. It's part of it. <laughs> um, Like, there's a whole thing where they get a sniper rifle, basically. And he's like, oh, they're going to sniper somebody. They're going to assassinate somebody. He's trying to figure out who it is, I think. There's a hotel room. I don't know. It was a whole thing. Victor is hotel. played by uh, the guy from Stargate who is replacing James Spader, right? I think so. He disappears for a long time and then comes back right at the end of the season, and I completely forgot who the fuck he was. There's some other stuff that, there's like, you know, Cases of the Week. There's Larry Miller's in an episode, and that made me very excited because he's hilarious. There's a really, there's this one guy who's like a, a criminal, and he's an idiot. And his name's Seymour, and he's amazing, and he was on My Name is Earl, and he ships uh, Michael and Fee so hard. He, like, makes them all matching, was it knives? I think it was knives. That's yeah. so cute. Yeah, they all three get one. We cannot help you. I know. Um, <laughs> so it was really adorable. Yeah, also, like, Fee and Michael break up, and then she gets a new boyfriend, and he's not important. And then I think they get back to, I don't remember. It's, you know, it's that will they, won't they bullshit in every show is that. Uh, I think Sam breaks up with his girlfriend at some point. I don't remember when that happened, to be honest. I just know he was dating other people at some point. And I was like, oh, I guess that other relationship didn't last. I don't remember it ending oh, But he liked that. He liked the other girlfriend. Yeah, I know. I don't remember what happened. But apparently it wasn't that memorable. <laughs> Gone. Christy, you remember what happened? I remember vaguely what happened. I I remember who ended it. Yeah, me too. Well, I mean, I remember it. But please continue, Joe. I just wanted to see if, like, Chris Cherry knew his own show. Okay, so then what happened? Okay, so he figures stuff out. The crossword puzzles. The crossword puzzles, lady. 
I I don't remember. Some stuff happens. Victor, the sniper guy, comes back into the thing. The guy from Stargate. He is fucking around with Michael. And then Michael tries to stop him. And from then they what? I don't, they're doing shit. You know, spy shit. I don't remember. It, honestly, this season gets so convoluted and weird. Like, I can't follow it. Because it's also kind of boring. Like, the... Ouch. I, like... Also, I mean, here's the thing. It's very convoluted, and it's always saved for, like, the last two minutes of the episode. For, like, overall arc stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, I I don't want to forget. There was an episode that was weirdly religious. One of Michael's personas, his covers, was, like, a very religious guy, and it was fantastic. Haven't gotten a single yogurt update. As yogurt all throughout the thing. Yogurt, yogurt, yogurt. Lots of yogurt. 18.5 yogurts, in fact. And including one where he very he smiles very weirdly and eats the yogurt. Oh, also at some point Michael Weston has a an ex wife or not ex wife ex fiance. Wait, yes, fiance. They didn't get married. Okay. Yes. Uh, she's played by the woman who was in Birds of Prey, the TV show. Um, Neat. Yeah, yeah, and, and that goes nowhere and was has no point at whatsoever. <laughs> it was just thrown in there randomly ex-fiance what else happened what okay. happens with what is the, the crossword the, puzzle lady's plan okay i don't uh, she's gonna assassinate somebody who i don't remember i don't does think he stop her i don't know i think it just it doesn't happen like they like, just he, get tired and stop no he fucks with it and it doesn't happen and he continues to try to like get out from under her thumb but anyway he winds up teaming up with this victor guy who that like? I thought he was with the crossword puzzle lady. He was, but he's also being blackmailed. Like, oh, yeah. He had a. De- he has. A, I thought they had something special. He has a dead wife and kid. Like she and Carla killed him. Is Carla the crossword puzzle lady? Carla is the crossword. Because you have lady. not actually said her name. I have multiple times. I don't think so. <laughs> I did. Judges, did I or did I not say Carla? You said Carla. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Sorry. Anyways, yeah, so they're both trying to stop her now. At the end of the season, things are going great, but then they're on a boat, and Carla shoots Victor. Are they all on the same boat? No. Then how does she shoot him? He's like, steps out of the boat, and she sniper rifles him. From the docks? Yeah, like from behind a car. Like, it's not a huge boat. It's like a houseboat. Like a small boat that he, like, lives in and eats. Weirdly, Captain Crunch and Spam and nothing else. The boat is in port. It's not like on the open seas. Oh, yes, okay. yes, that thank helps. You. Yeah, 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 I yeah. think that's what Tony was confused by. See, it's very nice to actually be here for this recording session because usually, because Tony and I are like weirdly kind of the same person in like a million ways. And so sometimes I'd hear her get frustrated on the podcast and I'm like, no, 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 Joe, I know why she's frustrated. Just tell her this one thing. Oh, uh, can you just mediate our marriage yeah just follow joe around should we be a thruple is that should we be a thruple that All right, seems fine. to be the takeaway here but maybe with four people if chris wants to come in if chris can behave <laughs> <laughs> if that empty-headed thought can get it you know together okay so carla shoots victor okay and then she's like give up and uh <laughs> i'm evil <laughs> yeah she's like here like like you either uh, I don't know, she's trying to make it look, she's like, kill, he's not dead, he's dying, or whatever, he's shot. She's like, you kill him, and then you're he- we'll pass you off as a hero, or whatever, because he did spy, bad spy things, right? He's trying to take down the system, the, 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 the government thing that he was a part of originally, right? Okay. 
so he was trying to take it down and like and but no michael i don't know michael still kind of wants to get back into it for whatever reason anyway she's like do that or whatever then fee shows up and shoots carla and like the a helicopter is coming by the way that's like supposed to be the head of the organization or whatever. The spy guys? Yeah, the spy guys. I think he's called the management. He's Ted Fra- spy guy. He's Fraser's dad. You you know Fraser's dad. Yeah. Also in Barton Fink, which I know you've also seen. Yeah, that's he's a great the, movie. He's the drunk uh, author. Carla's dead, and then, like, Victor's like, listen, just if you want to get back in or whatever, you can't be, like, seen being buddy-buddy with me or whatever because I'm a betrayer or whatever, so kill me, and that'll get you access. What?! Yeah, so he pulls the gun into him and he's like, shoot me. And then Michael shoots him and kills Victor. It's, I honestly got legitimately teared up when that's that happened. That's messed up. I know. I don't think it affected these two as much. <laughs> oh, that's another thing. Well, I'll get into that in a second. Well, no, I'll get into it now. Okay. Uh, the Brie-Chris <laughs> dynamic has shifted. Oh, no. Brie was like pointing out all the flaws and how bad it was. And Chris was defending it. It was crazy. I missed it. You missed it. But yeah, and then he gets. And unfortunately, in... podcasts once they air, that's it. Yeah, can't listen <laughs> you to them can. again. There's no way to access them. They're live, baby. They disappear into the ether. <laughs> right. So Michael gets in the helicopter, says, "I took out the these two spies that were doing bad shit," and then he's like, "They have a chat," and Fraser's dad's like, "What do you want?" And he's like, "I just want out." And he's like, we've been protecting you. You think that you can make it on your own? He's like, you've been, we've been keeping an eye on you and making sure worse bad stuff doesn't attack you. So Is he telling the truth? I don't know. And he's like, so either you like come in with us or you just leave and face your consequences. And uh, Michael jumps the fuck out of the <gasps> helicopter. What? Into the, the ocean and swims towards Miami. And that's the end of the season. Meanwhile, Chris and Bree talk about it a bit. They're, uh, the first episode, Chris fucks up real bad. I fucked up real bad. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? He forgot to watch the episode. <laughs> yeah, the first two episodes of this season were, because uh, Chris had already moved to LA, but then he was going to be back in New York for a couple of days, and we needed to start recording, and so we were like, oh, this is perfect, we'll just record the first two episodes together. And he gets to my house and is like, so listen... I haven't listen- watched either episode. <laughs> <laughs> he thought they were doing a bonus episode. And so then we record. So we watched it together and then recorded one episode. And then he came back to my house two days later to record the, s- the second episode, which he had at that point watched and forgot his uh, microphone cord or something. So we couldn't use his his like good omnidirectional mic to record. So we had to like crowd around my directional mic very close together uh, and that was the first two episodes of the season <laughs> starting strong bad. we did get a bonus episode out of it though yeah it was some great content uh I, for- I totally forgot about that that's hilarious they talk about the show a lot uh um, i imagine that's mostly what they do they discuss how handsome tim matheson of animal house is <laughs> he's in the show and he also directed a couple episodes they talk about the weeds and how moist they are um okay because like you know well let's get into the weeds and like brie says something about mentions the amount of wetness that the weeds have and chris is confused obviously tony doesn't know about the weeds yeah the weeds are a season two thing this the weeds didn't start happening until season two i'm assuming you understand what let's get into the weeds is about yeah why are they wet 
I'm obsessed with how wet plants are, similar to my Georgia O'Keeffe flowers. Whenever I think of plants, they're always a little bit damp. And apparently that's not how most people imagine them. (laughs) I imagine my plants dry as a bone. Oh my god, Tony's laughing so hard. And I don't know if it's going to get picked up by the mic, and that's such a tragedy. (laughs) Tony is like red. I'm struggling to breathe. (laughs) When you, like, get up in the morning, like, the dew on the plants. That's what I'm saying. Right, but that says something. Bree has only seen plants in the morning. That says something so specific about you, but I don't know what it is. Bree has no idea if flowers exist at night. <laughs> Can I say that this does highlight a thing that I think is crucial about about your show as you listen to us doing our show? Which is that our show is, for some reason, I don't know why, very sexual. <laughs> yes. It really is. It is. I was about to say, this this podcast is like horny on main constantly. <laughs> it really is horny on main. And sometimes we do it because we know it'll make Tony upset. And now that I know Tony's not listening to it, it's like, well, what's the fucking point? <laughs> That still makes Chris uncomfortable. Does that mean we can stop? Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe got it right on the nose. Like, the second best thing, well, no, the first best thing. Right on the nose? Ooh. (laughs) Yummy. All right, I've got like three more things and I'm done with my recap. Okay. Irish are racist against money launderers. I don't remember why. Uh, Brie talks about prison break and Outlander a lot. (laughs) I also talk about Poldark a lot, to be fair. Poldark and Outlander are the same show. On um, um, how <laughs> dare you? Oh my god! Poldark is about a man who's too moody for his britches and complains constantly while doing nothing except staring at the sea and not fucking his wife. Honey, Poldark, Poldark, do you want to wear your britches now? No, I cannot. This is another thing they did on the podcast. I cannot. I am in a mood. I cannot wear those britches. <laughs> literally what it is though fuck that show god i hate poldark so bad but i prepared these bridges special <laughs> mummy mummy may i not wear my bridges today mummy on watchathon of Brassalon, that show for me is uh farscape i'm always like this yeah, is like so, farscape yeah, or it should be like farscape yeah let's talk about i i just want to talk about farscape it's always more fun to talk about any other show than the one you're supposed than to be the one you're about. doing a podcast about there was and the last thing i'll say is there was one episode called bad breaks that everybody loved it was basically the bank job episode of Leverage. Oh, I love a good heist. It's yeah. a heist. It was, the, it, was the, it was the bank robbery thing. Well, now that you've said it was like the one on Leverage, I'm just remembering the plot to the episode of Leverage, and I. so you're going to have to tell me what happened on it. One of Michael's handler guys is, shows up and has got blackmail on Michael. Then Michael gets a case of the week that's a woman that's being stalked. And then they all wind up at the the bank she works at, and it's the guy's not really stalking her. He's a bank robber. He's, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. fucking. He's fucking the dude that's in every fucking show ever. Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard. Thank you. Yes, it's Mark Shepard, and they have to like. It's basically Die Hard. They have to like outwit the bank robbers to get out, and like through the process of this, Michael and his handler uh, make up, and then he helps Michael out at the end. They become buds, enemies to lovers. Yeah. Oh man, that sounds fun. Yeah, if cool. I was if I was gonna 
watch a burn notice episode which i won't it would probably be that one you should if you ever watch burn notice watch that episode and literally no others that is our recommendation as the host of a burn notice podcast watch this one episode of burn notice and that's it that's that's my recap do i get to rank you on it now sure i will rank it 12 yogurts cool out of how many yogurts i cannot stress this enough it's not out of any amount of yogurts i just award it <laughs> an amount of yogurts that feels right cool and what about you guys what do you guys rank rate me oh, i was fucking terrible <laughs> yeah, like maybe maybe like half a yogurt maybe a, a yogurt drink that campbell brings I'll, I'll rate you one campbell's yogurt drink campbell is uh uh is fee's boyfriend for a couple episodes Ugh. I don't like him then. He sounds like he's the worst. He did nothing wrong. <laughs> no, he's fine. He's fine. He's kind of boring. I was about to say, he's kind of a nobody. So she has a type. <laughs> yes. Yes. She for sure does. He's like a he's like an uh, an ambulance driver and or like first responder kind of guy. He's kind of like Riley on Buffy. Oh God, he is. He even kind of looks like that. Yeah, because that's his type. And I hated I hated Mark Lucas too. Fuck that dude. I played him once in a uh, Buffy radio play thing. I played Riley once. Was that painful for you? Because you hate that character. Yeah, I do. But I I guess I sound kind of... You're sovereign. Buffy. That's all I said. I don't know. That was it. One line. That's roughly what he said throughout his entire tenure on the show. So, you know, good job, I'm sure. Thank you. I will ask, was there anything I got wrong? I don't think you said anything wrong. Because I didn't feel like you said a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, it was mostly like, uh, and then uh, they did some stuff because a thing happened. Like, that was about 90% of it. To be fair, though, that is how they plot Burn Notice. Yeah, this season's plot is kind of bananas. It was sort of like the first half of the season was one thing, and then they just abandoned it almost entirely for the second half of the season. And there's like very large gaps between when you see really vital characters which makes it very hard to kind of track what's happening yeah like the first half is a very like concentrated it's all about this one like conspiracy thing yeah this one op that carla is trying to do and so it moves very slowly where like information about this one like assassination or whatever just trickles in just so slowly just the way i like it and then it goes bad. And then it goes bad. And then the second half of the season just goes wildly at a crazy pace where shit just happens. I mean, I will say Chris and I consider it a much better overall season than season one, especially in an individual episode level. Because like each individual episode, even <laughs> taking into account the fact that as a part of a whole, they're madness, uh, they're better individual episodes. Like they're getting better at storytelling on a micro level the macro level i don't think they've quite gotten a handle on though it's because they don't want to yeah it's true they don't want to big daddy next does not like the idea of serialization no he doesn't like structures he's all about individual things being what is right or wrong with a thing this is the greatest character in burn notice seymour seymour look at him he looks like that he's great he's hilarious he should be in the show proper. He should be just every episode. Yeah, he should be. We want to see more of him. Ah, uh, 
Get this out. This is why you're not part of the throuple. <laughs> Joe, do you want to rate the season based on your ever-changing and arbitrary criteria? I'm very curious. Honestly, I'm like craving not even validation. I just like I miss being judged so specifically every single week. Yes. The most satisfying thing Liz ever happened to me as an artist and indeed as a person was getting a full-length podcast every week about a thing that I did. That's great because I was really worried about it. (laughs) No, like literally you never get that feedback, I feel like. Unless you're operating at the level where like critics regularly write about your stuff. Like at this level... There's no one just, like, so it's really nice to get just that much detail. I'd say you guys did a good job. Would you like me to remind you of what the criteria? <laughs> yeah. There's, I'm looking at, I'm looking at a page of notes with, say, like, scribbles off, though, and crossed out and, like, rewritten. I think the biggest improvement over season one of Burn Noticed, uh, the, the biggest improvement in season two of Burn Noticed is that uh, they can openly talk about us. <laughs> They sometimes say your name on the podcast. Yeah, they talk about the our podcast. Joe would well. get so mad too. <laughs> you say Tony and not me, fuckers. Nobody ever talks about me. I've met both of you in person. Tony's met what? No, you've met both of them. Yeah. Both of us in person. Yeah, you stayed with us. I've met them in person more. <laughs> I drove two hours to Nashville to meet one of these fuckers. I will say, I think it's because Tony was harder to please. It's true. You're too, like, you want it too bad, Joe. You gotta play hard to get. This is like my, my, and her desperately is striving for his attention, but Damn. she gives all of her attention to Sometimes Joe will just throw other people's drama out there. I'll cut that. It's fine. <laughs> But no, you shouldn't cut it. You should bleep it. So people are like, ooh, who's he talking about? Like, it it makes it way juicier if you just bleep it. (laughs) Oh, I'll do that then. But that's who Joe is. I'm very open and honest. It's like Joe's dad, who, like, when driving Tony around town, was like, that was where Joe was conceived. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good story behind it. It's not, okay, what? (laughs) It's not that good of a story. The story was... It's not. It's too... Are you all ready for this? The story was his parents were living with his grandma and they wanted to fuck, so they went outside because they couldn't get any privacy inside. So they went to the cow pasture across the street and then thus greatness was conceived. That's not a good story. If it was like funny, maybe, maybe it would be okay that you know that. Maybe it would be okay that they told me, but it's not funny. It's just like, that's the cow pasture where we made Joe. No, I don't need to know that. That's not sharing information. Question, when they told you about it, how did you respond? Did you just say, neat? Neat. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, thank you? I mostly was like, why do people have sex outside? Because they just gave you your husband. Thank you for your service, sir. (laughs) Yeah, you should have shook his hand and been like, General. Hey, you know what they did? They got in the weeds, and it was wet. (laughs) (laughs) What hath we wrought? We're done. We're done now. We were 
were going to do some more podcasts, but we're done now. Sometimes you have to send one psychopath after another psychopath. <laughs> oh my, can you imagine me and Joe hosting a podcast together and like the tremendous chaotic love, like energy that that would release on the world? Oh. The weeds in this case was my mom. No, the weeds were the weeds. <laughs> I b- Both are true. Do your parents listen to any of our podcasts? God, I hope not. If they did, they'd probably think it was funny. They would. They're sharing people. They would. They would be like, listen to this fun podcast with like their friends. They would probably play it for your grandma, and she would laugh. Yeah, Actually, my she would say- has seen a video where I received a blowjob, so it was a sketch. It wasn't like a porn. Simulated. 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 <laughs> For comedy. It was, uh, that was awkward. Uh, it's called Baby Talk Blowjob. You can see it on YouTube. You don't have to. Shout we out don't. to Joel Ruiz for making me do that. So, is this a, is, was this, this is a great episode of a podcast. Are we yeah, just saying, at some point we were like, is it a podcast? great episode of a podcast or is it good? Because sometimes I feel like it's not great, but it is good and I feel bad. That yeah. was, that was a discussion that happened on our show. A lot. Yeah. Did it change how I think about something? Um, I barely think. Did it make you think more? No. Uh, did it make me cry? I don't... I just cried just now. This is the rule that I have issue with. Yeah. Yeah, I've never liked this rule. I would like it on the record now. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> I don't think I've ever cried to a podcast, ever. I've cr- I cried to Taz Balance a couple of times. That's true. I mean, I got maybe, like, teary slightly. But also, that's a, that's a storytelling show. Like, have you cried at my bim bam? <laughs> you know, like this is a this is a wiener podcast. That is, the I thing. got weirdly upset at a comedy bang bang episode because I don't know what it was about at all. But there was the bit tacked on at the end where clearly somebody had died or something. There was no specifics, but like Scott Ackerman was very like choked up and like talking about like we're sending all of our love and blah 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 blah. And it's a, it's a very sad situation. I have to this day I have no idea what he was talking about. I think it had something to do with another comedian. Uh, and like, I don't know. Somebody but you cried? Got, I didn't cry, but I got like weirdly emotional because I was like, this is upsetting. I've never heard Scott Ackerman You didn't be cry because other people were around. I did get emotional, uh, speaking of Comedy Bang Bang, when they put out posthumously. The Harris Whittles. That, yeah, the last Harris Whittles Fires of Procreation where, that starts with an intro from Scott where he is 100% serious talking about what Harris Whittles meant to him. And that did make me, like, tear up. It's so weird hearing Scott Ackerman be legitimately sincere. It is upsetting. Yes, it is. The thing that you have to understand that makes this rule make sense, and I wouldn't say makes it fair, because I think, like, at some point, we really were like, none of these rules are good. What makes it make sense is that, I think we talked about earlier, that, like, Joe and I both listen to very different podcasts. And I do listen to, like, heavily produced storytelling podcasts. So I was like, yeah, that's if something like gets an emotional reaction out of me, it's great. The other thing that makes it fair is that I am constantly crying always. Yeah, she'll cry at anything. <laughs> it's not a high bar. But we never like passed it. No. I don't is... think you guys tried. Well, no, because that's not what we do. It's not a fair thing to put on don't a comedy podcast. Act like we didn't influence your podcast, though. 
We did. Oh yeah, no, you for sure did. We, I think we even, I even explicitly said in one of the final episodes about like, we only do the IMDB recap at the beginning because I wanted to make sure Tony had at least some semblance of a syllabus to follow for what was happening because I wanted her recaps to be better. It's such a bizarre thing when like, I mean, we did do this like as a joke. We did this to amuse ourselves and like, I, I didn't think, you know, many people were going to listen to it. But it was, like, such a weird thing to put our episodes out and then, like, listen to... And it was... Because you guys did have a buffer. So it would be, like, you know, however, like, four or five episodes in the future that it was, like, that is clearly a reaction to something I said is happening in the podcast. It made for, like, a bizarre sort of listening experience. It's weird to realize you have power. Yeah! <laughs> that's, that is it exactly. That I, I think I, we, like, talked about, like, their dynamic and whether we were going to make that part of the criteria. And then, like, a, couple, a while after that episode aired, there was, like, discussion about their dynamic and, like, to the point that it was, like, affecting the podcast. Like, different choices were being made because of the criteria we set forth, which we have already said aren't good. <laughs> so it's weird. This one switched back and forth, but I think for a great episode of the podcast was does it flow yeah <laughs> it was never clear what this meant yeah no that was something I, that joe added does it flow is does it have a good pace is it well edited i will say i actually think the editing has gotten a little sloppier this oh jeez let's let's bring out the call oh yeah for sure because i am just i'm so tired i'm just like as long as it's listenable i don't care <laughs> Also, we've gotten, we've been recording for longer and like, it's hard, like, I am very sensitive to not cutting out the funny bits. So I'm like, you know what? Fine, Chris, I'll keep it all in. And then you'll see. Oh, then you'll see. And it got better. Although I do, st I, I edit between 10 to 20 minutes out of each episode for the record. I think part of it is uh, that you also are recording separately. So there's some delay issues here and there that sometimes get left in. Like where you'll like pause, like whereas before I believe you guys were recording together, mm -hmm. so yeah, that happens less technology. Uh, but I some I heavily edit all of my podcasts, so I like cut out all the uhs and pauses, so I notice those things a lot more. I I would do that for the podcast that I did for my work because like I was interviewing people who were like very impressive, and I wanted to make sure that they felt like they were represented as well as possible. But like she has no such qualms like that for me. I do not. I want to punish you for your bad behavior. You thought. <laughs> Did you do it for the, uh, the, the Treadstone episode? I feel like that one you might have wanted to have a tighter edit on because USA people may have, might have been listening to it. Well, we also had less to say because we couldn't do too many spoilers. So, like, that was just, like, a shorter episode overall anyways. I don't – we record – it's, like, an hour and 45 minutes of, like, audio for some of these episodes. And I'm like, I cannot sit here for six hours and cut out every um and uh and every slight delay. Like, I – if if it sounds like a normal – and I also, like – a lot of our dynamic comes from our just like natural human dynamic. And I feel like the more heavily edited it gets, the less human it feels. Because also, a the note that Tony made last season was that sometimes I would cut out like dramatic pauses or things that it made it feel like things were happening too quickly and I wasn't letting it sit. So now I'm like, well, what's the, what do you guys want from me? I don't remember saying that. I don't remember saying that either. No, I remember this. Yes! What this was, was that you had cut out some inner, an argument, this is the argument 
where you would cut out some of some parts of the argument that that happened too but i there was another time where tony made some comment about like the, the there it was too edited or something this know. is crazy because like i don't even remember saying it i don't remember <laughs> what episode it's in and like i feel like you have thought about it a lot since i just very flippantly said it. <laughs> that's what happens <laughs> this is what it's like to have power great power comes Great responsibility, Tony. Also, and I cannot stress this enough, editing a podcast is so fucking boring. Like, there's nothing to look at. You're just listening to things over and over again, and it's just like, it's so aggressively boring to just stare at wavelengths. I edit five minutes of a podcast, then I read it, uh, uh, read like a webcomic or a, a page of a comic. Do you know what's terrible about it? More. Is I that it's like boring that. and you can't even like listen to a podcast while you do it. Exactly. Because, like, I will listen to a podcast while I sync audio to video. Like, when I'm I'm doing audio sync for, like, a video or a film, I will listen to a podcast while I do that because you can just watch the wavelengths. But, like, if I have to listen to the, you know, cadence of a conversation and, like, cut out ums and uh, it's, like, it's too much. And your version, Joe, makes it sound like it's going to take approximately 12 hours to edit a single podcast. And I don't have that kind of fucking time. Yeah, Joe just nodded. Yeah, it does take me about that long. <laughs> I schedule out like the social media and the episode descriptions and stuff while i'm editing but like that doesn't take very long and then i'm just sitting there just listening to me and chris cherry pause and smack our lips and do little coughs and it's just so fucking boring when you describe it like that it sounds amazing (laughs) (laughs) i heavily edit it i heavily i do all the social media I make uh, gifs or gifs, however okay. you pronounce it. This is I schedule going all those somewhere out. very specific. But also, <clears throat> we have a bi-weekly schedule, so we're not churning that stuff out constantly. Right. So were we you, also do were you that heavily thing. editing Burn Notice Notice? Yes. Really? Yes. Because like, when we first did it, we were like, we're going to do it on our lunch break. Joe and I both work at the same place. So we're like, I'm just going to head over to Joe's office on my lunch break. We're going to sit down. And I think I said, I was like, for like 15 minutes and talk about it. And our episodes always ended up being like half an hour to like 45 minutes. And I was like, well, it's fine because I'm done because I don't I don't edit them. How long did they take you to edit? A day or two. So that's part of why we don't do it anymore. Yeah, because I was doing that and Rassilon at the same time. And I was like, I'm dying. I'm literally dying. I mean, you are taking like twice as long to edit the podcast as you have to. But (laughs) to give you credit, editing podcasts is so fucking boring. I actually don't mind it. I think it's fun. But you have to be paying attention just enough because you do have to catch when like there's something you need to cut out or like things like that. But you also like fundamentally can't pay attention too much because there's so aggressively little to pay attention to. Like you can't. What do you do with your eyes? (laughs) Brie also cannot focus on just one thing. I can't. This entire time, I've been checking emails. I've been tweeting. I've been going through Instagram. I updated my resume as we're recording this particular podcast. I caught a pokies man. I have a suggestion for you. I was going to say that you should just watch like nature documentaries on mute and just have those playing while you edit. But I I think it would be better if you make yourself like a nice slideshow of um, O'Keefe pictures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like have that play over uh, like in another window while you while you edit the podcast. Oh, in in another window. Well, I guess that that would work because I really don't need that much of the window to edit the podcast, considering I don't need to look at the viewfinder. 
Could you do like puzzles or something? Well, no, because I need to stay frosty, especially if I have to start editing these closer again, because I am being viciously attacked for my lackluster editing. (laughs) So I I have to stay just, you know, focused enough to be able to cut out all your fucking eight minute sentences. So uh, this is not a great season of a podcast. Moving on. Wow. Says the people who haven't made a podcast in a whole season. I mean, they've made a podcast. Not the important one. Not the culturally important one. The one about the podcast about Burn Notice. An incredibly culturally important television show. So is this a great season of Burn Notice? I would um, say yes. Well, we gotta because go through the Because here and she can hear me. <laughs> <laughs> and as we know, I cannot handle criticism. I will send you academic articles on Twitter and be super passive aggressive. Did Chris and Bree experience a dynamic shift? And that later changed to, was there a good example of their dynamic? I would say yes, because... Um, oh, that's one... I told you, they swap dynamics! That's one thing that... what I've been waiting for. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that they did that so this one's purposefully? Uh, no. To be... I've never done anything purposefully in my life. <laughs> I feel like I know what happened in the episode of Burn Notice. That's for you, but I guess this time it's for me. Sure. And they said I didn't. Right. They kind of shot themselves in the foot there. Yeah. This one's on them. And lastly, uh, there was I Am Entertained for the Duration of the Podcast, which got cut out and replaced with Makes Me Laugh. Yes. Those are the same thing. I don't understand how we cut one out and replaced it. Well, no, those are not the same thing. Well, it was replaced with Does It Flow, and Does It Flow was moved up to the other one, and then Makes Me Laugh was part of that, and now it's moved down These to... These are all... This yes, is terrible. This, this never, this never made crazy. any sense. But yeah, it made, they made me laugh. They made me laugh a lot. So I so laughed out loud. A great season. Uh, yeah, great season of Burn Noticed. Burn, comma, Notice. Uh, and was it an episode? Was it just a podcast? It, I mean, yeah. it was, by it default. It always is that. <laughs> Twelve yogurts. 12 yogurts? Yeah. Based on what? You're just handing out yogurts. Yeah, 12 yogurts for season two. What I'm kind of yogurts? Notice. Qualify it. Uh, peach. Oh, yikes. I'm sorry, guys. Peach is good. What's your problem? Peach is like a bottom tier yogurt. I feel like we've had this conversation on the other podcast. It's no strawberry. Yeah, I, yeah. peach is too like mild of a flavor for yogurt. Because yogurt's already kind of just like the thing that you do because you're too boring to eat something else. So like I feel like whatever fruit is in it's got to have like a kick to it. Like raspberry yogurt I consider to be the goat yogurt. Because it's like a little bit tangy Wrong. and like, uh, uh, excuse me. I mean, <laughs> strawberry banana is very good. Is it made with goat milk? Uh, I'm sure there are nasties out there who like that. I actually just don't like raspberries. Ah, Ooh, I love raspberries. Anytime you go to like a restaurant and they're like, ooh, they got like a fancy pie or some kind of fancy cake. And it's always like drizzled with raspberry sauce. And I'm like, oh, well, now it's garbage. Now you've, you've gone and ruined it. Like a blue raspberry candy? Ooh, love that. I mean, blue raspberry candy's good, but just because it's not a real flavor. <laughs> That's true. Right. It's completely made up. Uh, we have a couple of things from Twitter, if you guys want to hear, ha- have some Twitter prompts. Yeah. Sure. Because you're, you're done with your very good and solid structure for <laughs> burn notice notice, right? Uh, well, oh, yeah. no, we haven't what? answered any questions. Well, that's what we're doing now. Oh, yeah. So that is what comes next. Yeah. It usually comes in the middle, but... Well, it's, well, it's, it's whatever. A, it's a special episode. So the first question that we got... Th- this I thought was actually kind of fun, especially considering Tony has never seen Burn Notice. Uh, who would we recast if we did, like, a reboot of Burn Notice? I actually 
want to hear from Tony first. Yes. Because I don't want our answers to influence her answer. Here's the other thing, too, is that I don't know any actors. I refuse to retain that information because it's not useful to me. But (laughs) I will say I would just recast the entire cast except for, oh, I can't remember his character's name. Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. I know that everyone knew who I was talking about. Yes. I wouldn't touch that. Um, but I would replace the entire cast with the cast of Warehouse 13 because we just got finished rewatching Warehouse 13 and I'm real bummed about it. And I and I miss them. Bummed about it because you liked it and wish you could keep watching it? Yeah. So I'm just going to recast Burn Notice with uh, the cast of Warehouse 13. It's still Burn Notice. They don't move to a warehouse. I mean, technically he kind of lives in a warehouse. Yeah. <laughs> so is this Warehouse 13 but with Bruce Campbell? Yeah. I'm down for that. <laughs> I have no context for Warehouse 13, so I, I cannot engage with this conversation. Bree has not seen Warehouses 1 through 12. Uh, it's so Yeah, good. and I refuse to watch them out of order. We rewatched hey, Warehouse. Do you know who's in it? Who? Mark Shepard? Yeah, I mean, yes. Yes. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. I love that dude. Wait, where are you watching it? What what streaming service? Uh, it's on IMDb TV, I know. <laughs> wow. Wow. Deep cut. Is IMDb TV free? Yes. There's ads, but it's free. Actually, if you think about it, like, uh, Claudia could totally play Fee. Her or H.G. Wells could play. Oh, my gosh. She's just so hot. Sorry, I'm done. I'm thinking about how hot H.G. Wells is. A sentence that is not often said. <laughs> uh, it is if you've watched Warehouse 13. She's hot. She flirts by giving by giving someone a grappling hook, which is, like, how I want to be flirted with. I don't think they were allowed to make it openly gay but it's hella gay well i think the actors were kind of doing a thing and i think the writers were like stop that yeah (laughs) and we're not writing that but like every scene they're in together they're like clearly into each other anyway i still did not come up with a real answer i just got distracted and pete is michael yeah that would give him some uh personality i actually like the more that i think about it this kind of works i don't know i don't know where what you what you do with uh micah Micah could be Michael's mom. <laughs> no. no, you'd have to be. It'd have to be uh, the Miss Frederick. Yeah, would would be Michael's mom. Chris, you should watch it because there's like 15 people from Star Trek on it. That happens. Um, it's also surprisingly good. Who 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 I would recast? Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be Ben Browder as Michael. Oh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, like Ben Browder. Oh, but... you know who else you could do as Michael? I can't think of his real name, but uh, Sheriff Carter. Oh, yeah, the Maytag guy from uh, Eureka. He's just generic enough to play Mr. Burn Notice. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And if, if we're going Ben Browder, though, then Claudia Black as uh, B. So let's just make it Farscape, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why not? Yeah, but but again, always keeping Bruce, Bruce Campbell. Campbell, of yes, course. Obviously. You know what? Maybe we replace Bruce Campbell with Ted Raimi. What if we just let Bruce Campbell play Every everyone? Character. See, that was going to be my pitch. You, this is how Tony and I are the same person because that is a hundred percent the first thing that came to my mind. It's like, all right, well, you can't recast Bruce Campbell, of course, and well, the only person with the raw sexual energy and also the bizarreness to do any other thing on this show is just Bruce Campbell. Uh, oh, this question was brought to us by at Terrible Gamer YL, uh, Larry Goshenauer. 
Larry, you have been a fan of mine for a very long time, and I do not know how to pronounce your name. I am so sorry, but thank you for the question. We also have a question from one of our newer fans who also is the reason that we now know there is a second Burn Notice podcast out there. You mean a third? Well, you're not a Burn Notice podcast. You're a Burn Notice podcast. That's true. That's fair. The moment when there is a second Burn Notice podcast is when we need to start getting nervous. There was talks of one for a while. I don't know what happened to that. Yeah, Andrew and Chris were going to do one, but... They never got it together, as far as I know. Slackers. Uh, and also, it's too late now. <laughs> like, at this point, like, the bit is over. Oh, yeah, like, doing a Burn Notice podcast ten years later? Ooh. <laughs> Apparently, it's culturally relevant again. There's another podcast about it. <laughs> yeah, at Waiting for That Dance. It wants us to rank Michael's most memorable client interactions. Quote, he's really not the best. So I appreciate that this new fan of ours recognizes that Michael Weston is an absolute disaster. Is Michael, is any of Michael Weston's bedside manner really sticking out to anyone? It's hard to remember specifics. No. I actually remember one specific thing. Ooh, do tell. Okay. Which is like the time that he, there was like a very special episode where he's like, I'm your dad because I'm. I'm doing a metaphor about my dad, but it was just like this random teenage girl. Oh, the one that the terrible teenage girl who like is like, I'm not in danger. He that actually is a very memorable client interaction, not just because of that, but also because he's so fucking bad at like actually communicating what the problem is. So like the teenage girl is terrible, but also Michael Weston does not do a good job at impressing upon her like the mortal danger that she is in. What about just Michael Weston? Well, no, no, that, that's not a client interaction. That's a bad guy interaction. I was going to say, Michael Weston getting all religious-y. Yeah, that was crazy. That, I was thinking of the same thing, too, because it was so, so deliciously good. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, it's weird. I liked it because it was weird. But it's not good. But it's good. It's not good. <laughs> that's me talking about this show. <laughs> what about the client interactions he has with Lucy Lawless? Yeah, no, obviously everything with Lucy Lawless, Lawless is great and... Lucy Lawless should have been on the show all the time. Agreed. Mm -hmm. She really should have been. Because Larry Sizemore sucks. Oh! Fee is played by Lucy Lawless. Ooh. I don't know if Lucy Lawless has the kind of unhinged energy that, like, really brings Fiona to life, though. Like, Lucy Lawless is so contained and controlled. You need someone who's more lawless. Yeah. (laughs) She's pretty chaotic in Ash vs. the Evil Dead. I guess I've never seen her in that. Oh, it's so good. It's a very bonkers show, and I love it. But if we're going to do that, if it's Lucy Lawless as Fee, Bruce Campbell as Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell as Bruce Campbell. As Bruce Campbell. Yes. Kevin Sorbo as uh, Michael Weston. Kevin Sorbo was Hercules. That works. Although Kevin Sorbo is like an awful person. Is he? Oh, yeah. No. Kevin Sorbo is garbage. Is it just because he's like bizarrely religious? He's very religious. He's very conservative. That tracks. Talking about weird Christian vibes. He's in at least one Christian movie where he plays, like, a atheist professor that's mad at God. Oh, God's not dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's in God's Not Dead. And he's mad at God, like all atheists are. I worked at a movie theater in the South. I am aware of all of the terrible Christian movies that were released. You're aware of the God's Not Dead series. Yes, there's more than one. There is. There's at least two. <laughs> there might be three. So there weren't really any other questions. What happened is that the people that I tagged devolved into a conversation... Of their own that had nothing to do with us, which honestly, rude. Also, on brand. Yes, for real. Yeah, our fans do not care about us at all, but they do like that we've brought them all back together again. Like, we have reignited the Burn Notice Twitter, and they're all very thrilled about that and could not give a shit about us. (laughs) 
I think that's right and good. <laughs> <laughs> and fair. The only other question was from uh, from MJ Schroeder. Uh, maybe delve into the training that made him Michael Weston and why a guy as good as he was at his job got the burn notice in the first place. So I do want to point out that Michael Weston got a burn notice because some people framed him. But I do want to spend a little bit of time on this first bit of the the prompt, which is, yeah, how the fuck does Michael Weston just know how to do everything? Does he have like eight PhDs? Did they just send him to college over and over again? He knows way too much shit to have just been trained on it for like, you know, a boot camp eight month period. Brie, I, I see what's going on here. He used to be a spy. <laughs> before that, though, Chris, before he was a spy, what kind of college did Michael Weston go to? Go to spy school. <laughs> he didn't go to college. Here's what happened. He was a Boy Scout. Here's what happened. Prepared. There was a TV show called Mission Impossible. He didn't watch it, but he listened to a podcast about it, and he got all of his information from it. Well, apparently that podcast did a really good job at recapping it, because Michael Weston is like... <laughs> perfect but also the dumbest dum-dum to ever walk the earth and it's very confusing to me he speaks like eight languages and is like quote-unquote a master of disguise and has so many aliases that he can just pull out and he's got like perfect accuracy when he shoots with a gun and also uses his actual fucking name on missions and does not know how to talk to other human beings (laughs) who is this man his brain is full of all that knowledge it's just full. Right. He got rid of everything that's not spycraft. He is just a husk of spycraft. This is kind of similar to something that's on leverage. There's like this character on leverage who's an actress. She's a terrible actress unless she's doing a con. And then she's great. And I think maybe it's the same thing with Michael. He's terrible with people. Unless he's doing a mission. Yeah, but the thing is, is that Burn Notice isn't smart enough to make that a bit. Sophie in Leverage is like, that's like the joke, you know? And like, it's a fun thing that they come back to. Michael Weston's just a disaster and no one says anything. Everyone's too scared to mention it to him. <laughs> they don't want to hurt his feelings. That's true. To be fair, I know people like that. We should probably start wrapping up this podcast. Before we go, do you have any final questions for us? Yeah, I have one question that I'm going to regret asking. I think my question is, like, we talked a little bit about, like, that one criteria, which is unfair. Is there anything else where you were like, they said this thing and it was just, like, wrong? Like a wrong... Like opinion or... A bad opinion or a bad rule. A bad take on anything. A bad take. I'm sure there was, but I can't think of one right now. I used to text Chris about them when I was watching, (laughs) or when I was listening. I'm pretty sure if there was a bad take, I talked about it in the group chat. Yeah, I'm sure the group chat has already seen any of the takes we felt were bad. I do have have a question. It's very important. Every time you take a drink now, are you just very fucking conscious of your hands no because i know how i hold a can and it's the normal way not the lego man way i also don't drink out of cans very often but do you like hold cans differently from glasses well yeah because yeah. like the because well because quinn and i mostly have mugs like we don't really have glasses well mugs are different exactly because they're heavier and they have a handle on them and i still don't hold them palm down i have a very like loose grip on both cans and reality it's so dainty (laughs) it's not dainty it's just it's dexterous you know i'm i'm staying on my toes you know it's like in case you need to chuck it at someone what i guarantee that i could drink out of a mug just using my like feet 
I'm very flexible. It's kind of disturbing. I do not look like a person who would be flexible, but I'm extremely flexible. I've seen Sam and Pat are depressed. It seems to me that it's easier to turn your wrist if not all of your fingers are on the cap. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's like it's a more dexterous holding position. I don't know why you're turning your wrist. This is what I'm saying. This is the thing that's different. We're turning our wrists. Why? Yeah, I don't move my arm when I drink. That's like a lot of effort. But you're flexible. Yeah, that's just which is why I only need my fingies. <laughs> Either you tilt your arm or you tilt your wrist. And I, that changes how you hold the can. If I'm like at a table, my, my like elbow doesn't leave the table very often. Like I keep my elbow on the table and I just wrist up and down as needed. I've got a question. To get us off this week. <laughs> It'll be another day. hour. If we all, all four of us, this thruple or whatever the fuck Chris said. The four person thruple, yes. <laughs> it makes sense. If we were all to watch a show together yeah. and do a podcast about it, what show would that be? Please, Ooh. everyone say Farscape. <laughs> I've never seen Farscape. I think I thought I saw Farscape, but then it turned out I watched the first episode of The Expanse. Is that how it happened? <laughs> Chris, yeah. remind me. <laughs> Yes, that's how it happens. Huh. What show would it be? Like, would it be something that, like, n- like we've all seen? Because I think it'd be more fun if we all watched a show that none of us had ever seen. And we all had to, like, cobble through it together. Like, I Last know. Man Standing? Or... I was gonna say, I, what what show would that be? Yeah, like, some kind of really cheesy, like, sitcom thing, maybe. What if we all watched Two and a Half Men? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. But also, we don't want to do a thing that makes us hate ourselves. Yeah. We have to. And then we call it four and a half thruple. <laughs> the math on that is very complicated. What if it was a podcast where we all watched Last Man Standing? But the thing about it was, is that we've all put money in. And it's like a tauntine. Except, like, instead of killing, you're, like, dying, you quit the show. You get to the point where, like, I can't watch this anymore. It's too much. I'm willing to give up the money. And the person who is willing to stick out the most of the show gets the money. Gets the pot? That's amazing. And is thus the last man standing. Here's the problem with that. Bree and I would make it to the end. Yeah. Yes, we would. And we would fight to the death at a Piggly Wiggly. Joe <laughs> has watched uh, Iron Fist. So, like, he'll watch anything. Oh, yeah. God, I couldn't even do that. I got, like, a scene in and I was like, nope. I'm good. I actually turned it off mid-episode, and I was like, fuck it, I'll just finish it. And then I watched the rest of the season. And it never got any better. No, it got better, but not enough. (laughs) I watched it at work while doing other stuff, so I wasn't, like, fully watching it, but it was on. I'm a very weird continuity freak, so. Yeah, Chris, the flaw in your plan is that Joe and I are insane, and you cannot expect us to behave like human beings when a competition is on the line that means absolutely nothing. Chris, we might as well just take money out of our wallet and light it on fire. (laughs) No, and give give it it to me and Joe. (laughs) So is it the case that like me and Bree are just Joe and Tony, but with the personality traits shuffled? I think so. I'm a little uncomfortable with it, but it might be true. I just like, I had a very visual image of that and it like hurt my chest. Ha! Yeah, because, like, I know what I have in common with Joe, and it's sheer chaotic energy. But the thing about me and Tony is that, like, I know we have a lot in common, but I can't put my finger on what. No, we're just, like, 
on the same wavelength, but randomly. Where it'll be like weird, small things. And I'll be like, no, I know what she's talking about. <laughs> exactly. Or I'll be like, oh, I know why, what Tony is about to say. Or like things like that. And it's just like, I don't know why. Maybe maybe we're long lost twins or something. When we play Quiplash, our jokes are always the same joke. Yes. It's like, it's hard to tell which one of us did something until the, the name is revealed. Yes. That is actually what we should do. Instead of watching a show, we should just do like a, do Twitch. And we'll just do Quiplash. And... What if we all become, like, famous gamers? That's amazing. That is a great arc for us. Stardew Valley Co-op supports four people. We can all have a farm. <laughs> Wait, do you guys have any questions for us? Yeah, we always answer your questions. Is this the last burn notice noticed? I think that's up to Tony. Yes, if nothing changes. I really had a good time doing burn notice notice. Like, to the point where I was, like, doing all of this prep for Burn Notice Notice that I wasn't doing for our other podcast. Like, at all. I I show up to our other podcast, and I'm like, I watched it, and I'm ready to talk about it, but I don't have notes or anything. But I would, you know, was doing, like, research for Burn Notice Notice, or, like, I was like, I think we should do, you know, I think we should change the way we do this segment. Part of that was just because I was able to. Like, we've been doing Watchathon for so long that I've, like, there have been changes that I've wanted to make to it, but, like, Joe's been afraid of changing the format. And so be- there was, like, less stakes to this thing, which meant there was, like, more freedom to play with it. And also it was, like, because we had so little time to make it, it was very, it was a lot more casual. It was, like, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to say some bullshit for half an hour, and then that's what's going to go out, basically. So it was my favorite. And um, there was a period of time where I was having more fun doing that than I was having doing Watchathon. And, like, what sucks is that it's just weekly is, is too much for us to keep up with and doing Watchathon and having, you know, full-time jobs. But if that is, like, if there was ever a scenario where, like... We could just quit our job? And do yeah, I, I mean, time? in, like, in yeah, like a, a future where we have, like, a podcast network who, like, wants us to produce something like that, I would love to pick it back up again. It's just... Well, I think we said when we started, um, it was like, how long are we going to do this for? And I was like, there is like a ratio of like how much it amuses me to how much effort it takes. And as long as that ratio stays right, we'll keep doing it. And at some point, those scales kind of tipped. And it was like, we're, we're spending too much time on this. And like, you were stressed out. I was editing two podcasts at once. And, and editing a bunch of stuff. At work. <laughs> yeah. We were both working on TV shows at the time. Yeah, well, we were so we were getting... both we were both editing and that's a lot. Like to go from like it's really hard to like switch gears like that and like keep being creative. So like I spent all day editing and then I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna edit some more. I don't do that, that's why Joe edits them. Because you just you're a workhorse. Mm. You can do that and not have emotions or feelings. Oh, I have them, but they're just very deep in me, you know what I mean? Gross. That's the only reason why we stopped, really, was it was, It got overwhelming, and it was like, well, out of all of these responsibilities that we have, this one can go. So if there was ever a case where either we got, you know, some responsibilities taken off of our plate, or we had basically some income that would allow us more time to work on it, I would love to make more, but that's that's what would have to happen. Well, how about this? Because, like, this has been very fun, and obviously Chris and I enjoyed the two of you quite a bit, both on recording and in our very chaotic group chat what about just at least at the end of each of our seasons we all come together and do this sort of thing again maybe we'll even have a structure next time so that it's not quite so meandering i would love to keep you guys invested in some way even if it's not you know week to week invested in the concept of burn notice i'm down for that yeah that'd be awesome the gospel of burn notice cannot 
go unremarked upon. The fire of Michael Weston cannot go out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that'd be a good idea. Like maybe if we do it, like, but we're the hosts of your like after your show. after show. Yeah. Yes, please. I like that. If you guys want to do the work for this recap episode, hell yes. We'll be the less uh, problematic Chris Hardwick, right? <laughs> nice. Yes. I love that for us. I've always thought of you as the less problematic Chris Hardwick. <laughs> if I know that's what's happening, I'll uh, listen. <laughs> Are you going to listen to season two or just skip right to season three? <laughs> yeah, that would be neat for, for, for next time if Tony could listen to any of the podcast before. <laughs> She, like, completely skipped the Treadstone one. She's like, why do I give a shit about that one? I don't know anything about Treadstone. Well, you might have learned something. That's a good episode. It is a good episode. How dare. You got shit on Treadstone way more than I expected you to. Well, it was not a like, amazing show, so. I do think we have to play the Burn Notice RPG yeah. at some point. We should. Hell yeah. I already, I've already rolled my character. I don't remember how we ended these things. Hey, thanks for listening to Burn Notice Noticed, a podcast about Burn Noticed, podcast about Burn Notice, a show about spies? Was that how it goes? That was very close. A show about characters. I think, I think usually it ended with you saying like, Burn Notice, you've been noticed. <gasps> Burn! There we and go. And then I go, ugh, and then the recording stops. Yeah. So that. Also, listen to the Watchathon of Rassilon. Watch your Rassilon.com. <laughs> and watch The Unseen World. And oh, watch The Unseen watch World. Watch The Unseen World. Uh, watch Heartland TV. Watch HeartlandTV.com. It's on demand now. You can just, you can you watch, can just it watch it. You without Oroku. You just watch it right on the internet. And that's it. We're done. All right, Chris. Thank Vincent. Uh, we want to thank um, Vincent E.L. for our theme song. Did Vince do yours theme song too? I forget. Did you guys have a theme song? We did. I made it. It's it was just the it every was other beat. Every other beat of the Burn Notice theme song. No, oh, right. yes, it's so funny. Oh yeah, but I want to thank uh, Vincent El for our theme song. You can hear more from Vince at Vincent El at band at band uh, dot bandcamp. God. <laughs> at bandcamp, Vince works at bandcamp. Go to Vince's bandcamp. <laughs> Such a bad job. You should, can I say seriously really quickly? Go to Vincent's Bandcamp. It's all very good. Well, if they if you ever get the URL out, I'm sure they'll they'll do it. <laughs> Vincentel.bandcamp.com. It's a dot. Okay, cool. Thank you. Of course it's a dot. Have you been on the internet? <laughs> well not like it's not bandcamp.com slash Vincent EL, like on Twitter or other things. No, it's like Tumblr. But there's multiple models. <laughs> Anyway, do that. This is the end. Bye. One day, Tony B. Heath, I will make you cry. 